Harry and hello Rory. Welcome back to the office. I know, how exciting is this? Our first podcast actually um, gazing into each other's eyes. Yeah, it's, um, it's quite hard, uh, quite awkward not to look at you in the eyes, but um, it's nice to see you dressed up and wearing a suit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> well, top half at least. Uh, do you still have that wonderful glow after our Merck episode? How good was um, Merck? He was such a good guest. He was uh, very gracious. He definitely entered into the uh, into the spirit of it. I think. Yeah, yeah. What a what a great man. And uh, any any highlights from that episode for you? Um, I very much liked the fact that he had a meeting of us at, at midday Miami time, followed by Shakira in the studio at one o'clock. <laughs> I thought that was a kind of that's a sign of a very successful man's diary. Yeah, similar to yours, right? <laughs> very similar to mine. I mean, he was probably telling Shakira that he'd just been chatting to these really interesting English guys. Yeah, in the markets with Fred and Rory. He's there, uh, exactly. He <laughs> Maybe she's she one of our listeners. Um, let's hope so. Shakira, um, if you are, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Um, but no, I thought it was very good. I thought it was very interesting talking about his um, career, uh, the fact about music royalty as an asset class. Um, I'm actually due by Rosie to write a piece on that. So there'll be the, our first bit of kind of literary um, follow up to the podcast, which um, I'll think about writing over the uh, weekend. Uh, yeah, we'll very much look forward to that, as I'm sure I listen as well. A uh, couple of couple of more light-hearted highlights. Uh, you will fail attempt to get any dirt on his artists. No, he was. Um, he wasn't biting on that one. He was very polite. He wasn't going to give up, give out any goss. No, um, discretion itself. Yeah, he wasn't. Um, okay, well, um, yeah. Seriously, for for any listeners that that haven't um, tuned into that Merck episode, you know, probably worth just pausing this one and just going straight back to the Merck one, don't you think? Yeah, it's um, it's slightly longer than our usual episodes, but um, I think you can all agree that um, it you know we could have had at least another half an hour. It could have been an hour long podcast with um, with Merck. So um, please do um, give it a listen. So this week, Fred, we're in the office. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we thought we'd mark that by doing uh, an episode answering the, the question that uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's the most asked question, but you know, when 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 you meet friends, uh, everybody's asking, "Are you back in the office? Uh, how many days are you working, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So we thought we'd, we'd we'd have a bit of a look at that and think about the the future of offices and and, and probably focus on London offices. Keep it keep it close to home. It's um it's definitely the new um you know oh you know weather's been pretty rubbish recently. Like that is the kind of the the. <laughs> The, 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 the standard English uh, question to ask someone when you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the, um, the, not post-COVID, but post-lockdown go-to chat right now. No, exactly. Um, okay, so, uh, starting off, uh, you know, are people going back to, office, office, going back to their offices? What does, uh, what does the data say? What, what are you reading, Roy? Well, yeah, people are back in office. I think at legally um, now the government have, 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 have changed tack and instead of saying, you know, if you can work from home, work from home, they, they've kind of dropped that guidance and it's very much been quite quiet from the government and, they are, and I think they are really kind of but slowly and quietly encouraging people back into the office. Um, obviously, um, you know, I've been back in the office for, for over a year now, really. Um, it's nice to see you join me uh, this week, Fred. Um, but I think Thanks for all your hard work. I think across the um, I think across um, sectors and industries that you know we will also concerted effort for for company management teams to bring people back into the office. Um, but the question is for, for for how long? How many days a week? 
Yeah, well, uh, so just just running through uh, a couple of the the names that we follow. Do, do, do you want to run through a few of these? We, we went through it this morning. So Great Portland actually reported uh, their their results this morning. Great Portland Estates, uh, who own um, how, how do they describe themselves? It, it, it's not super prime offices, but it, it's sort of Shoreditch, they, old, old Street Roundabout, yeah, Baker Tottenham Street Road. Yeah, and um, they own the big Facebook offices, don't they? Just um, yeah, off um, Oxford Street. Uh, yeah, so, so so Great Great Portland pitch themselves as as trying to be um, quite modern offices, so so big open plan offices, the the, the kind of place that. That a trendy media startup would, would would like to work rather than necessarily a a, a big investment bank or, or something like that. Uh, and this morning they they reported that all of their offices are open for business and COVID secured. They're they're keen to emphasise, but currently they're at twenty nine percent utilisation, so just just under a third. Uh, and in, in their statements they said whilst uncertainty uncertainty remains, we're encouraged by the recent acceleration in, in inquiries. Uh, that we've been receiving from occupiers uh, and with limited supply across central London over the next few years, we can expect innovative, flexible and well-serviced space with strong well-being and sustainability credentials to command a premium over poorer space. Yeah, you can see that only in the office um, last week we were discussing about getting rid of our second meeting room and turning it into a breakout area with a couple of bean bags, sofa. Just bounce around a few ideas. Yeah, yeah, just bounce around a few ideas. Yeah, you know, just ideate and um, you know, come up some some more cracking investment um, themes. Ping pong table. Yeah, or foosball. You know, I'm quite relaxed. Very nice. Um, yeah. Uh, and and who who else have we had? What 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 are the big boys say? What are the sort of land securities so in British land? We had British land. They had their um they they came to market a couple of weeks ago and announced that their office rent collection for the Q1 was at 96%, which is obviously very encouraging. And Derwent London, a fund, uh, a sorry, a um a business we hold, um they had their office um, rent collected at 95%. Um, and their vacancy wow. levels at just 2%, which, according to the management now, were the strongest rent collection numbers since the start of the pandemic. So it's all very encouraging that we might be returning to pre-pandemic um, levels in terms of the um, office market. Yeah, and, and actually, um, last example we plucked out was workspace. And their uh, workspace is obviously um, it's, it's, it's similar to a WeWork. Yeah, probably not as cool as WeWork. Interesting. I'd say cooler, actually. You would say cooler, yeah. Well, that, that's you, Fred. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so so they've they've given stats on their viewing. So people basically, you know, these small businesses coming around to see if the if they can rent a desk space. Uh, and they said back in uh, back in January 21, they had 300 viewings, uh, which led to 71 lettings. That in, in February that increased to 400, which led to just over 100 lettings. Uh, and in March, they had just shy of 500 viewings. So, uh, I, I mean, uh, unsurprising that anybody was looking at um, workspace desks in uh, in January during during the lockdown. But but you, you can see the trend improving there. It, it, it'd be interesting to see if these businesses like Workspace and, and obviously WeWork is um, is a business which is owned by SoftBank and has been tried to IPO for at least the last 18 months. It would be interesting to see if these kind of working spaces are the future because obviously um, nowadays with flexible office space, you know, if, if you're a management team in business, you want to have flexible office space. 
but equally you can't just add and take away 50 desks at a time if you have a have a have a um, employee count of you know over 500 so it'll be interesting to see um how it all works with hot desking and people keeping their desks and what days a week people are allowed in and if they have to come into the office on rotors for example you do mondays and wednesdays and i do um tuesdays and thursdays or or so on but the only thing i can say fred is that in the um office in church house in mayfair i will be keeping my uh, desk by the window <laughs> it's a prime spot that prime real estate yeah well being here the longest um it means i get to uh, have first dibs when it came comes came to the office move of what desk to have nice okay well let's move swiftly on let's talk about something close to your heart Let's talk about almond croissants and flat white coffees. That, it, it is one of the benefits of, um, of not working from home is, is being able to go and have a good coffee. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, 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 the, the point of it is, is that, that that sector has probably been the, the worst hit. So the, 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 the restaurants and coffee shops and so on, definitely in central London, not necessarily actually where people have been yeah and, and, it, and also it's not just these you know um restaurants and pubs and coffee shops and you know, will come back to them but it's also all the businesses which are aligned to workers so for example um your um you know your um timpsons or your uh, dry cleaning shops or whatever that you know they rely on footfall of people working in the city going in to get their shoes resold or their um, shirts dry cleaned or their dresses dry cleaned and if people aren't coming into the office then they're not going to be making anywhere near as much money um, as they were, you know, pre-pandemic. So, yeah. you know, if you are coming into the um, office, you know, you are carrying out your civic duty in, in supporting the economy, which which depends on, you know, the fact that you and your colleagues are coming into the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but what what are the what are the landlords going to do about these businesses? Because the actual rent collections for these businesses has been absolutely minimal, understandably, over the last year. I mean, are, are they going to hold these, let's say, coffee shops to ransom uh, and say, right, you know, every penny you make over the next year, you have to make up for your 2020 rent you didn't pay? Well, it's that, you know, it's a very interesting question because a lot, especially a lot of um, companies, um, you know, in the in the property sector, and, and my example here is going to be Shaftesbury, they have their rent linked to um, revenue turnover or profit, you know, depending on the business. Tell us, tell us about Shaftesbury. And um, obviously Shaftesbury is a business that, that Fred and I uh, love and we hold in, in across both of our funds, actually. It is the landlord to... Um, uh, shops, restaurants and offices in Carnaby Street and in Covent Garden and in Chinatown. They basically own, you know, the freeholds of those, you know, central London, prime London, really. They're sort of almost pedestrianised villages. Yeah, but all, that's how they describe themselves, the villages. And um, what's very interesting about Shaftesbury is if you look at Carnaby Street, um, the only um, kind of main high street shop they have is Boots because the council says there has to be a pharmacy you yeah. know, in, 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 a, in that, within that region. But all of the shops there are, 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 are kind of very niche and, and they are very flagship shops, you know, such as um, Puma or, for example, Vans or, you know. So, so it, it can be a mainstream brand, but it has to be a slightly one-off store or a concept, concept store to yeah. qualify. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, you were saying about their 
their coffee shops and independent businesses. Well, quite often their um, their rents are linked up to turnover or revenue, which is obviously a very encouraging way for them to um, be able to manage a pandemic. So, um, so you know, they are very um, benevolent uh, benevolent um, landlord, I'd say. But you know, I can imagine that, you know across the United Kingdom, probably landlords who are, you know can't wait to kind of up their um, their rentals back up to pre-pandemic um, levels, which is unfair if if a you know, coffee shops or restaurants turnover is half the turnover it was pre um, or yeah. pre-pandemic. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But, you know, across the sector, we've seen a lot of interesting moves. And, you know, my favourite, um, you know, move was uh, in JD Weatherspoons, who um, decided to convert um, 93 um, car parts. Well, what's the word I suppose? They have created 93 extra pubs by using car parks from the existing pubs. So they basically turned, you know, enough car parks in their estate to create a 93 extra kind of outdoor beer gardens, which yeah. I think is pretty, uh, pretty well, well, we've, uh, we've all got used to having having lunch and, and beers in a car park these days. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's it, everyone's got used to kind of wrapping up warm and sitting outside having lunch or, or dinner. And um, it's um, it's the al fresco. Brits have nothing more than a bit of al fresco. So maybe, um, maybe we'll see that trend, you know, carry on. Yeah. It's uh, it's price day all over again, right? Yeah, well, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. Also, just before we, we, we wrap up on 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 that section, is it an interesting meeting we had with with Derwent, uh, the, the the office landlord, who actually said that they uh, they feel that this sort of ten percent of their estates, they're, they're mostly offices, but the ten percent of the estate that is amenities like coffee shops and pubs, they're actually working very hard to support them because they say that those are Actually, what what give a, a bit of a feel and a bit of a vibe to a place, and that if they all go if they all go bust, then you know why are you going to the office? What's tempting you out of your you know your nice warm home? Well, that that leads us on to the kind of socio demographic you know reasons about returning to the office. You know what will we all be doing? Will everyone be doing three days a week in the office? You know, there's been a lot of talk in the news about these carnet um, rail tickets. So instead of buying a season ticket, you get a carnet, you know, which is a kind of a French word for kind of a book thread. Um, for 20, Impressive. thank you very much, um, for 20 tickets a month. Um, but, you know, people are up and on, so they're very much the same price as what a season ticket would be for, you know, 30 trips a month or yeah. 60 trips a month. Um, so, you know, that's very interesting. Will we be seeing an exodus out of London? You know, why do you have to come and commute into London and work in London if you can kind of work from home? Um, but equally, you know, you have the London living wage. So you've got all these workers who get given the London living, living wage, which let's just say is an extra kind of, I don't know, six to eight percent of your salary, you know, to cover the cost of living in London, which is obviously, you know, far more expensive than living kind of outside of the capital. Um, you know, will we see people having their salaries cut because they've um, because they're not? Yeah, well, uh, Facebook were talking about that, weren't they? They they link your salary to your postcode. Yeah, so in the US, um, you know, obviously Silicon Valley, where Facebook is based, is is one of the most expensive real estate areas in 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 the world, um, and they've said to their workers that you know you can very much work wherever you want as long as you kind of clock in at eight and finish at six. But, you know, if you go and move somewhere cheap like um, Phoenix, Arizona or, you know, somewhere, you know, which isn't in California, you know, your, your salary will be linked to where you live. Nice. Uh, well, or maybe not nice. We'll see. Um, but before we move on to our final section, I've got a couple of questions for you. OK. Uh, a mini quiz. It was actually meant for the start of this podcast, but I missed it out. 
um, so you remember a couple of podcasts ago, uh, we were having a little bit of a bit of a joke about uh, Shoe Zones, new CFO. Do you remember him, Terry Boot? Yeah, Terry Boot replacing uh, Mr. Foot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you tell me what that phenomenon of people doing jobs that fit, fit their name is known as? This would be impressive. No, I have no idea. Okay, well, that's the first part. That's It's called nominative determinism. Nominative determinism. Yeah. But uh, you, you've got a better chance of these questions. So that's, that would be, if my name is um, George Baker, I would be a baker. Very well done. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so I'll give you a name. This, this, these are real names, and you've got to tell me what their jobs are. Very good. Okay. I'm going to join this thread. Okay. Okay, number one. Yes. Sue you. <laughs> um, a solicitor a lawyer a lawyer yeah lieutenant les mcburney <laughs> lieutenant les mcburney yeah um a chef firefighter a oh, firefighter very good catching catching um a banker cashier a cashier and last but not least wake and pain <laughs> wake and pain um, and nepotist? Funeral directors. Oh, funeral director. Okay, very good. Well, I hope you're not awake in a pain and, and in pain when you meet a funeral director. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move quickly on from that. Um, going green. A lot of these companies uh, are talking about how green they are these days, these, these property businesses. Any, um, any examples of that? And, and, and do, you, do you buy it? About going green? Yeah, I think obviously we all we all you know we want to go green. Um, I think it's um, obviously very important for the future of, 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 the, of the planet and, and so on. Um, and at Church House, you know, we have spent the last um, month in um, in April. We were signing up to the Church House, or sorry, to the UK Stewardship Code to ensure that our investment philosophy is aligned to you know ESG masses. So you know, being green is 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 you know very important to, to us. But Fred, talk to me about going green in, in terms of, you know, in terms of kind of back to the office and, and property. Yeah, well, I, I, um, yeah, I mean, folks, again, on, on Great Portland and Derwent, uh, you can probably tell that these businesses that we, we followed closely. Uh, so Derwent um, have said that all of their developments in the future are going to be carbon neutral. Um, so you know, well worth a, a, a Google if you're in Soho Place in, in W1 or the Featherstone building. Um, that's going to be uh, just east of the city. Both both look like um, really you know, really cool offices actually, and they're, they're they're all going to be carbon neutral. Uh, and Great Portland also um, in, in in their recent statements uh, put out just how important it actually is that offices are seen to be green in terms of attracting the right talent. Um, you know we're we're, we're millennials and. Uh, if, if, if you're lo- looking at a new business in the future, you're, you're, you're looking at the office. Well, if we were company management, we would that would be that would be you know, high up a factor for us in, in looking for a new office, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is green and that zero. So, um, yeah, no, I've got a lot of kudos to that. I think yeah, it's, um, no, it's an interesting move. And, which go. Yeah, and, and I mean, also just these, these, these big, open, well-ventilated offices are actually just generally healthier, nicer places to work. And, and after... After a year of COVID, I think people people want a nice open area office rather than a sort of pokey old number. Yeah, and you know, and also you know, importantly, go and get to you know chat to their colleagues face to face, but then over a Zoom call and have a drink with them after work, and you know all the stuff that you miss out um, on from working from home. You know, I think there's definitely a place for offices in the future, 
but like so many sectors, COVID has accelerated changes in the uh, in the office space. Yeah, well, thanks. The, the uh, advantage of being in the same room now is you can you can read my notes. Yeah, well, thank you very much for, for writing me out the script, but um, I might as well sign off, Fred. Um, if you have any thoughts, um, please send us an email to podcast at church-house.co.uk. Um, we had quite a few emails um, on the back of the last um, uh, pod with Merck, so we will um, we will definitely um, find a podcast to um, uh, talk a bit more about the topics brought up in those. Perfect. Um, great. Thanks very much, Rory. Interesting pod. Thanks, Fred. I'll see you in our next meeting in uh, half an hour. <laughs>